Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Torn by Sports Podcast Network and blogtalkradio.com. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi. He's John English, the Germs guy. Hello, John. Hello, Alan. How are you this fine Friday morning? I'm pretty good. Good. And Devin, to you, how are you? Good morning, Mr. John. Whoa. Whoa. Good morning, Devin. That was a little over the top. I, it was, but it wasn't. I, I almost. It's oh nine forty in the morning. What does the O stand for? Oh my gosh, it's early. Uh, is this is this an homage to Good Morning Vietnam? Yes. Okay, just making sure I'm Catch following. On quick. Yes, I, I know I do. The the funny part is my microphone was not working for that, so anything that everyone heard was picked up through your mic. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it. I so, fixed it. So for those just listening, yes, Devin was clear across the room in the other room yelling out saying good morning to everybody. He wasn't right directly in I, front of me. I it's was okay. in Studio B um, <laughs> just wrapping up the morning show with uh, KTBS. <laughs> that's that's where it's at. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's and now uh, you're and now you're on with smooth jazz. Yeah, we're 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 uh, we're on the air. We're ready to. Uh, Ready to talk about this? That was Kenny G this morning, and uh, let's talk about and let's, we're, we're, let's we're, talk about this week, we're, guys. Let's... We're gonna go. We're gonna go from smooth jazz to the jazz have been playing well. You like that little segue? There you go. Have they though? Have they though? You know, uh, <laughs> there were some lows, there were some highs, there were some things that we'd rather not talk about, but we're going to have to. There was, so let's just jump in. Yeah, there it. may have even been a saxophone and a trombone, but here we are talking about basketball. It's jazz time. Let's get sexy. <laughs> All right. So, John, All right. where are they at right now? I believe they jumped back up to sixth seed this week after a they couple of wins. They are in the sixth seed. Yes, they lost. Uh, two in a row, and then they won two in a row. So they flirted with the eighth seed before bouncing back to the sixth seed. They are tied with the Spurs for the same record. Spurs would be seventh because Jazz owned the tiebreaker with them. So it is still in a precarious position that they're in. Uh, of the sixth, seventh, and eighth seed in the West, they're all seven of their last ten. So this is going to be neck and neck. Every game counts just for where they're going to position themselves. And honestly, the way things are now, I would kind of like the Jazz to wind up seventh. I think that would be the ideal because then they'd be faced off with the Nuggets. But, you know, we'll just see how the rest of the season goes. Well, and I'm looking, I I decided just for kicks to look ahead last night, just, you know, kind of looking in the schedule. The Jazz have the potential. How many have they won right now in a row? They won two, two in a row. They have the potential two weeks from now to be on a 10 game winning streak. I'm I, this is all, this is all hyperbole. This is all conversation. This is, this isn't, 
I'm not jinxing anything, but they have the potential to be on a 10 game winning streak at that point in time. And they have the potential to be at 47, 46 wins. And I looked at the schedule of the other guys ahead of them, not looking behind, but ahead. Oklahoma city has a pretty rough stretch over that same seven or eight game um, grouping. And Portland has a couple of tough games, but not too much. I think Portland may separate themselves in that, in that fourth seed, but the jazz still are very alive for fourth or fifth because you win 10 in a row or you win, you know, eight of those 10, you get Oklahoma city could drop a few cause they have some rough, rough ones coming up. Suddenly you're looking at maybe fourth or fifth seed. It ain't done yet. Did I lose you? Um, you're looking at the schedule, aren't you? Yes, I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> I looked at OKC's schedule, kind of kind of picked it apart a little bit. During that same stretch, I could see OKC ending up right around the 47 win, so they'd be a game ahead of the Jazz. Jazz would be right there suddenly. So, And this is all by the end of March. I think it was March 30th that I looked at this schedule through. But But most of that could see the Jazz on a nice winning streak because they're playing against teams that just, frankly, other than Brooklyn, aren't very good. And Brooklyn's not yeah. great either. Yeah. I'm I'm holding out hope for the hopeful here, John. Give me give give me some agreement on the hopeful here. There's still chance. You're you're way too optimistic. You think I'm grasping at straws already? A ten game win streak is possible any time of year, but it is highly unlikely. Did you look at the eight games coming up? They have Brooklyn. Yep. They have, I know the Lakers were in there. Yep. Washington twice, I believe. Atlanta was in there. New York yep. was in there. Yep. Games that the games they shouldn't be losing at all. Cause a few of those are just aren't very good teams at all. But who did we play this last week? Who did we just play? Well, we beat Phoenix and we beat, uh, uh, um, Minnesota. Right. Who, who did we play before that? Oklahoma city was one of them. Who was and the other one? Memphis. We lost to Memphis. We lost to Memphis. Who, by the way, has been playing a little bit better of late. But so is Brooklyn. Brooklyn's been a, a right. solid team this year. Right. We're, we're going to have road bumps. It, I I would love it if the Jazz did. I see them dropping a game or two, even when they're not supposed to, because let's be honest, it's the Jazz. These things happen. Well, it's the NBA. Let's let's put it that way. Not the Jazz. It's no, the NBA. No, let's these blame it happen. on the Jazz. Let's be those fans. Because while John's still looking at things, I want to point out, the other day I had a conversation over Twitter about this. You realize of Oklahoma City... Of the Portland Trailblazers, the Houston Rockets, and the Jazz, you realize that the Jazz have the best record against subpar 500 teams, right? Meaning meaning they have lost nine games against the subpar teams or 10 games. Oklahoma City, Portland, and Houston have all lost 11 or more, I believe. Okay. And and the Jazz schedule is easier. I think I'm just saying the, the schedule, opportunity of- is there. Right. It is. We're, what are we sitting out of... Uh, Fourth was it two we're, and a half games? Two, two and a half or two, something like that. John, John, chime in anytime. I know you're looking at things. Chime in anytime here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> just, I just had some work stuff pop up that surprised me. Oh, that's all right. Um. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna go ahead and head over to five thirty eight and just see where this goes. Now, the funny thing with this season and the way five thirty eight has gone is it's actually been less accurate these past few weeks than it usually is. Um, it's been a pretty reliable model, but now, now it seems like, now it seems like the model's like, well, you don't know. Um, 
like for instance, as of now, um, the Jazz are tied for fifth in the West. Um, with the Thunder, they they have them finishing fifty and thirty-two. So even though they've had all their setbacks, they still project the Jazz only losing three games the rest of the year. And I think that's likely. Yeah. In fact, I'm not I'm not going to look at what five thirty eight thinks they are. I'm going to go look at. Well, I have their schedule up for the rest of the month right now. I'll tell you right now. They're at the Wizards. No, at, they, they've got the Nets at home Saturday at the Wizards. Then they go. Shoot, I just lost it. Don't do this. Then they go at the Knicks, at the Hawks, at the Bulls. Then they host the Suns again. You know, Suns come to town. They host the Lakers on the 27th. They're at the Wizards on the 29th. That's the rest of March. Guys, that's that's where I get the 10-game win streak from. They're facing teams the rest of March that they should they should win. And to be to be fair, back to your point, Devin, the Jazz have won the games they're supposed to this year. With exception of a, a handful, 9 or 10, they have won the games they're supposed to and doing better than the teams ahead of them, mind you. That's two handfuls. Yeah, I, I think it'll go well. I, I, yeah. think, I think the Jazz have an opportunity to move up. I really do. I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up with home court. But as of right now in the situation, John, I kind of in the, am in the same uh, boat that you are of, all right, give us Denver. Like, that's my preferred yeah. matchup right now. Because if you get that matchup, Houston ends third, your second right. round matchup is likely Houston again. Um, which honestly, I think I like better than matching up against Oklahoma city oh, at this point. And by the way, in April, Hornets, Kings, Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers. That's why losing three, the rest of the way is very plausible, if not likely. Yeah. See, it's, it's just as plausible to me that they only lose one game the rest of the way as they lose four or five. Exactly. Um, it, it's looking really weak, but you're also having some teams that are winning, winning surprising amounts like the wizards. They haven't completely rolled over yet. So that's, that's a trap game. It is a road game. Um, Brooklyn at home, we should be able to beat them. The four game road trip, we should be able to beat them, but you know, Okay, Knicks and Bulls are definite gimmies, but Wizards and Hawks, eh, you don't get too cocky on those. But the Hawks are the bottom of the East, and wouldn't they want a top pick in the draft? Wouldn't you look at that as a we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and lose this game? Well, the Hawks are twelfth in the East. Or are they twelfth? The okay, my bad. They're twelfth. Yeah, they're they're not the absolute bottom. I thought they were going to be, but the Trey Young experiment is working out pretty good so far in the first year. So. I'm just saying, like, okay, looking at them, Wizards and Hawks, they're 5-5 five and five of their last 10. These will both be home games for them. I, I see a trap in there. And just right. because of what we saw with uh, Memphis mainly, I'm, I'm not that confident, especially if you just never know who's going to be healthy and who's going to be able to play. Right. Well, like I said, the Jazz aren't the worst in the West as, be, as far as winning the games they're supposed to. I mentioned all three of the teams ahead of them have all lost more games against the teams they're supposed to than the Jazz. So let's 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 pull in the uh, 
pull off the ledge just a little bit, jazz fans, because it's not as dark and dim as you want to suggest it is. There are the, the other teams they're up against have won probably some they shouldn't have won, but have definitely lost a lot more than they should have. It's it's the NBA. Yeah. It's what happens. Other teams win. We can't we can't expect. I mean, if everything was supposed to be the way it is, like like the way you the way that's predicted, then Golden State should be eighty two and zero every year, but they're not. Right. Yeah. So. Okay, so you said five thirty eight projects fifth seed. ESPN projects. Have we looked at that one? We'll we'll assume it's five thirty eight or ESPN. Yeah. Okay. And then B ball ref. You you've been you've been posting these. Normally I do this before, but I'm just doing it on the fly. Yeah, and usually we have these each and every week, and I think this is something we're going to be watching all the way down the stretch. I mean, you did put notes in there for projections, so yeah. <laughs> I did, and then I didn't actually like look them up. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, 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 sixth. They are still projected sixth okay. by ESPN. And then B-Ball Ref is the other one, I think. Yep. All right, while well, he's looking. So 538th and 5th. ESPN at 6th. Yeah, sixth. Sixth for B-Ball Ref. So sixth, still in that yeah. fifth or sixth range. So, And if they're tied for fifth, was it OKC? Then they would be in the sixth seed anyway. So right now, all three have, have the Jazz as the sixth seed. Okay. All right. And if they're the sixth seed, then it's likely they will get Houston in the first round. Unless, unless somehow Denver slides to the number three and Houston moves to number two, which... That's not out of this world either because Houston's been hot. So there's still a good chance you could get a Denver Utah first round matchup at the sixth seed. Uh, I I don't know if Denver's going to fall. No, huh? They're three and a half games. Three and a half up on, uh, on Houston. Three and a half right up now? on Rockets. Okay. Rockets did lose last night. Okay. So. Yeah, there's still a chance because they do have some tough games ahead, including the Jazz. But yes, eh. okay. And and with that said, Jazz 39 wins so far. 50 is still plausible as well. Yes. Yes. So. Okay. I think 50 is most likely. Let's just say that I think 50 is most likely. Agreed. I really do. Even with the Memphis game, even with the Oklahoma City game, right? I I still see that happening. And 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 I know everybody wants to be downer. Jazz went zero and three against against OKC this year, but let's not forget or zero and four zero and four. Sorry, let's not forget a year ago the Jazz had lost three of the four season meetings between OKC and still beat them in the playoffs. I'm not saying that. History will repeat repeat itself. I'm just saying the season series is not indicative of what you'll see in the playoffs. And it hasn't been for two years because likewise, the previous year, the Jazz were one and three in the season against the Clippers, ended up winning that series in the playoffs. So yeah, season, season play, season series is not indicative of what you get in the playoffs. It's just not. So let's pump the brakes on that just for a while. Yep. So, um, 
And what have they got this week? We've got we we already started talking schedule. So we got Brooklyn Saturday. We've got uh, I forgot already. I just had it up. Atlanta, I think. I just had it up. Let's go back in here and look. We got to do our projections for the week. So you got this week. They've got a three-game road trip, or yep. or they start with a, a home game on Saturday. The Nets, the Nets, the Wizards, the, the Knicks, Knicks, and, and the, the Hawks. Hawks. So how do we do in that stretch? Let's do our picks. Four and zero. I'm with John. Four and zero. Go ahead, Devin. Be the Debbie, the Debbie Downer. You know I. I, I want to say 4-0, <laughs> but you know how these things go. You you get out there, you get on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, and let's be honest, they should beat all these teams. I'm going to go 4-0 with you guys. Wow, all of that for 4-0. All right, we all got them 4-0. Okay, which means by the end of next week, they'll be on a six-game winning streak. All right, uh, final thoughts for Utah Jazz this week. Devin, do you want to save it for quick hits, or do you want to talk it now? Uh, John, John, what do you want to do? Do we, do we talk about it now? Yeah, let's talk about it now. Okay. okay. We can talk about it now. Big news out of the week. Night of the Thunder game. Fan gets into it with Russell Westbrook. Things get ugly. Things are said. Things that were not good were said. Where do you want to take this, John? It wasn't a good week for Utah. Let's put it that way. Um... Well, it, for me, let's back up. Okay. Last year, Russ said that there were some very yeah. Uh, I think I think derogatory was the word he used. I'm trying to remember exactly what words he used. Disrespectful. Yeah. I think that was it. He said there were some very disrespectful things with the playoffs last year, and even at the time, I was like, "That's just Russ being Russ," because Russ does that at a lot of different arenas. Yes. Um, and I just kind of left it with that. Then, then this Monday thing happened and he yells the stuff he yells and he says what the guy said. And I'm actually kind of glad that we've had a few days to digest this before we've actually recorded and talking about it. Yeah. Reactionary would have been crazy. Yeah. So the thing came out and the guy says, no, all I said was go ice your knees. And the jazz did their investigation then they looked at the guy's Twitter account and they see one where he calls Westbrook a classless POS. And then there was a fake Twitter account that had worse quotes that got circulated. Anyway, the Jazz found enough evidence to ban the guy for life. Um, and his wife. And, that was, and his wife? I, oh, I, believe, I believe the report was he and his wife were both banned. Oh, I missed that. I'd have to go back and look, yeah, but I, I thought I read the report yeah, go, that they both double were. Double check on that one. Um, then uh, Eric... Uh, Woodyard sent out the tweet from last year from the playoffs where you have video of that guy yelling, boy, how did he put it? I don't remember exactly how he put it. Something like, come on, boys, or something. And, yeah, you know, yeah. leaning, leaning, leaning into the Southern drawl and even did this little fist, which I don't know if it was mocking black power or what at him. And that one hurt me watching that video. It just hurts. Just hearing him yell it, seeing the expression on Russ's face change and having nobody around to like bump the guy or let him know not cool or anything. It 
it, it just made me sick. So we had breaking news this morning, which I am also really glad about that. Um, uh, yeah, just before the, we record. They found, they found, sorry, I've got so much crap going on right now. The, <laughs> the, the fan, um, they found out who the fan was from last year and he got a lifetime ban as well. That's great. And that is kind of the cherry on the cake of the announcement that Gail Miller gave at the game last night. So I think that it's really sucks that the narrative came out once again that, oh, jazz fans are the worst. But what it really boils down to is it is all bottom line been positive. It has resulted in a positive thing. I think fans are going to be a lot more aware of it and sensitive to it. And one thing I was really surprised by is how even the the one with Boyd, Jody Genesee said that he was getting some people asking him sincerely why that was offensive. I'm, and I'm, it's just, yeah, John, I'm going to tell you, I've, I saw plenty of those as well. And can I, I got I got to say, can, you know, this is, this is bad, but can we stop with reactionary too? Because I don't like seeing people condescend those who didn't understand it's bad by coming back with get out of your bubble go look go 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 look it up on the internet you you you're ignorant you're the reason why you know don't do that take a moment and educate take a moment and talk to people and say yeah that's a bad thing this is why it's a bad thing don't be condescending in response that's all i'm asking for no I, i i completely agree because this conversation was had a few years ago um, I remember Tony Jones going back and forth with a fan about this. Um, and I, I was ignorant at that time. And I'm like, well, because you're reading it. I think when you hear the guy say it, something right automatically just goes, yeah, that sounds terrible. Right. Like, the way you're doing that tone, that sounds terrible. But I think if people read it and go, well, it's just the word boy, you know, he's just. And, and there is a, there is a, a term of endearment saying boy sometimes when you're amongst guys and friends, that was not endearment folks, right, not even right. close. Oh. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. We need to take the opportunity when these things happen to, to have a conversation in a respectful way, please to, you know, not just say, well, you don't know, therefore you are a racist just to say, you know what? Okay. You live in Utah. We live in Utah. And I think we can all admit that Utah is one of the least diverse states among the 50. Can we, can we agree there? Yes. And so, yeah, and we can at least say that of the cities that have teams, probably the least diverse city or one of the least diverse cities. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's not a team up in like Boise, you know, or, right. Right. or Montana where you're going to see a predominantly white population. Even then, I, I don't know how that compares to Utah. But all I'm saying is that when you don't have the opportunity to experience racism firsthand, because you can grow up your whole life here like I have right, without truly understanding racism. Yep. Because you're just – you're not around it. You're not around the diverse culture enough to even experience it because when it came to my uh, high school, I mean, people of color, you are talking about – maybe a couple dozen total of every different ethnicity other than that white right i mean super white yep. and that's that's just where i grew up and that's not necessarily a bad thing 
And it's not necessarily making everyone who went there a racist. It's just you don't have the opportunity to learn. Right. And and there's – I think all three of us – John, you grew up here too. I think most of your life here. I think all three of us spent most of our life here. I mean – I, I lived in Southern California in L.A. area till I was eight, but I don't have many memories of how things went down in that area for me. And, you know, as a youngster, I, yeah, it was predominantly white. We're privileged. We are a privileged group of people, and that's okay to acknowledge that. And it's okay to look at this and say, you know, it's not right. It's not. Um, you know, it wasn't until I went on a mission, served in the, the inner city in New Jersey, that I suddenly realized, you know, that, that my eyes were opened a little bit, Right. And realize yeah. things and learn things. And I came home a different man, understanding a little bit more. And even even the boy term that we talked about that this guy from last year in the playoffs said, I I knew that from being in elementary and junior high, learning in school about, you know, about racism and slavery and, and all this stuff back in the day. So I knew about that. I understand, though, that there are people who don't. And that's when you've got to take a moment and educate yourself. And that's when we all have to be kind to each other and help each other to learn and be better. And let me say this, because we, we've said that people need to be more willing to have the conversation and not just immediately call someone racist because they legitimately don't understand. The flip side to that is if you don't understand, you don't get a pass to say, well, I don't find it offensive. Therefore, it is not right. racist. If if you just don't understand it, that's not an out. No. That doesn't make it okay for you. That that doesn't make it okay for anyone else. That just means that you need to be willing to be told, hey, you're wrong and this is why. And you need to be willing to listen to that message and learn from it. Because that's the other thing that we've seen a lot of people saying is, oh, that's that's not racist. You know what? You don't get well, to dictate what is and, and I'm what also, isn't. And I'm also going to speak to some of our listeners that I know are in Australia who – a couple a couple people from Australia posted the other day and said that's not racist here. So, you know, it, it we that's why we as a people have to be respectful and and work and educate each other without condescension because there are people from around the world where terms like this aren't offensive and they aren't wrong and they need to understand that they are, but we also don't need to attack them for acting like, oh, that's not an offensive thing. We got to be better. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, cultural differences are going exactly. to exist. And especially with the Jazz, I mean, John, we've got how many guys from uh, from different countries on the yep. team? We're, we're a world team when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, we've got guys from like six different countries, I think. And it's, it's true. Um, I spent half my childhood in other states, Washington and Texas and so forth. And I think that helped shape me somewhat. Um, just as far as experiencing other cultures and people and not just like being completely all white everywhere. Um, and I would also say that ignorance can be a bad word, but ignorance just means lack of knowledge. And if you say something in ignorance and you are taught, then you're no longer ignorant about that and that's okay. And in this, so this has been a learning experience. Um, by the way, I don't so, know. If, I don't know if it was mentioned, John. I don't know if you saw this, but that one, that guy from last year's playoffs, has been banned as well as of this morning. Yeah, I said that a few minutes ago. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize they, you said it, but yeah. 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 So there will be much better conduct of those people down there in the first few rows. Great. They represent all of us, and I think now they'll feel that more than ever. Um. 
and we we can you know make this a turning point because there are a lot of other players who have made these claims and most of them I don't really believe just because of who they are but I have to believe that that some of the ones that I have dismissed were telling the truth I don't know who I don't know when but that's probably happened so let me I'm ask just you gonna, guys this but with that, I mean, we've talked about this for years, and we've often said, yeah, I don't think so. And now it's like, okay, you're you're probably telling the truth, and you know, it's not just because Utah's a tough place to play. It's because there are some downright awful people, it seems like, who are sitting in these seats sometimes. Um, yeah. With everything that's happened during this week, do you think there becomes a turning point within the stands – where fans are more inclined to stand up and say, uh-uh, don't do that. I hope so. Because I, I've always felt that like fans would be doing that and should be doing that. But clearly it just hasn't been happening, as we saw with the video. You know what I mean? You see the, the guy from last year. There's people all around him, and no one said a word. With everything that's happened in the bad press, and I mean, this has been talked about for nearly a week now. And on a national and world scale, I might add, do you think fans are more like, you know what? No, we're not doing this again. Because this isn't just Twitter fans that are having this conversation and dealing with this. This is every jazz fan who's watching at home, every jazz fan who is... Around the world, too, mind right, you. Reading things on, on their local paper, on the internet. Uh, you know what I mean? You have jazz fans in different states who are getting this press of, hey, well, jazz fans. And... People of Utah are racist. You think that this this sparks a change for people uh, with with tickets? I I believe so. I believe so. I hope so too. And and can we applaud standing ovation? Gail Miller's statement yesterday. Um, watching the game, I even being there, if I'd have been there, I'm sure I'd have had the same reaction. But got a little teary-eyed for a moment because it, it it did need to be said. And probably the phrase that got me most was to hear her say, it's offensive to, to our guests and the other players, and it's offensive to me. And if that doesn't touch the heartstrings of jazz fans and people of Utah, then I don't know what will. It's offensive to anybody, but... Guys, you've endeared the, the Miller family for so long. If you're offending the Miller family, take a step back and let's not let it happen anymore. And I'm not saying this. I'm not, I'm not shutting aside the other people you're offending or, the, or the, the issue of racism because it's very real and we need to deal with it. I'm just saying if you can't get on board with the rest, then, then, then get on board with that, please. But I prefer that everybody get on board with the rest. It's a problem and it needs to go away. We need to make it go away educate ourselves well well what about a, a donovan's donovan mitchell's statement yep. john john you you read or, or heard that right yeah what what did you think about his words because i i thought they were incredibly well put um for a what 20, 20 22 year old man yeah i think it was Raja bell who said i wonder if he really wrote that all himself because it was so well done <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just the perfect thing for the leader of the team to say on this topic and it, it like it hit every button you'd want it to. Yeah. It did. 
Okay. I, I, I don't want to stay on the topic too long, but I do want to talk about the Jazz fan reaction and what we've seen uh, with the GoFundMe that was set up. Yes. Russell Wilson got, or not Russell Wilson, that would be weird. Russell Westbrook <laughs> got a $25,000 fine. Jazz fans respond. Conversations are had. Well, maybe we should pay his fine. No, we should do something for charity in the same amount. What they do is, I believe it was a Jazz fan, I think he was from Sandy, named Devin Deaton. If I'm incorrect, please feel free to correct me. Um, sets up a GoFundMe for $25,000 to the Human Rights Campaign, HRC. Currently, last I saw, I want to say that was at like thirteen dollars or $14,000. So it's over the halfway point. Um, and I think everyone will agree that money to charity is a fantastic thing. However, I have been someone who has been having an argument with people online. And several other people have been having it. And I want to talk about it because I, I want to have a chance to kind of explain what I'm saying here. The, the point that has been made is that while it is a great cause and a great charity, the concern is on my part that Westbrook says and, and Patrick Patterson says and, and other fans or other players have said these comments were racial in nature. They were uh, – they felt attacked because of their race, and the reaction is to donate money to a cause, an organization that deals with rights for the LGBTQ community. And to me, that feels a little tone deaf, and honestly, I swear, probably honest mistake, thought, you know, human rights, boom, just didn't know fully what the organization stood for. The, the argument that I keep having with people is people say, no, the comments were homophobic in nature. And so that's why the money's going there. Where I am of the mindset of, you know what, the, the thing to do is not take away from the racial intent of this. Or, or the racial intent of the fan. And even if the fan didn't mean it that way, the way the message was received by the players. And therefore, a better organization would have been something like the NAACP. Does does that make sense? Do do I have any grounds to stand on, or do I just seem like a jerk who wants to rain on the the good deeds that other people are doing? No, it's it's. I mean, I'm fine with it. <laughs> jerk? No, I'm just kidding. I, no. You're not. A, you're not a. You're not a jerk. No, because we haven't we haven't said it. But what Mr. Kiesel or whatever, however you say his name, I really don't care. What he said, according to. Uh, Pat Pat was get on your knees and that is where I think people are stopping the comment and saying oh yeah get on your knees there's a you know sexual reference there but that's not all he said he said get on your knees like you used to and to me the like you used to takes that to a very demeaning and racist place and so that's where I'm like, if that's how the message was received by Westbrook, and he's taking that the way that I am interpreting those words, then we, we shouldn't step away from how he's feeling. Because it seems very, again, I guess the word is ignorant, to say, okay, that's fine, but he meant it this way. It doesn't matter. What matters is how people are feeling. Because if you go and you offend someone, by saying something, let's say you say something about 
someone with disabilities or you make a disabilities joke that's very poorly received and someone's like, hey, that's inappropriate. And you go, oh, I don't have any problem with someone with disability, disabilities. I donate to cancer research. It's like, that's great, but it's you're missing the mark here. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. And that's that's the thing I was concerned about from the from other people looking in on this is, okay, jazz fans are doing something good, but they're unwilling to admit that this was racist in nature or that it could have been racist in nature. And I, right. I, I just don't want – I don't want this idea to keep going of, see, jazz fans just won't admit it. Right. You, you can't just admit people in Utah are so racist that they won't acknowledge when racism is right in front of them. And that's very hard for me. And so I tried to point it out and generate this discussion, and I just keep getting backlash from people. And it's – I'm I, I am not in any way trying to say that Mr. Deaton, who has done a fantastic thing here, is wrong. I'm just saying right. that right. we need to be cognizant of making sure that our actions reflect the the issue at hand in the best way possible going forward. Correct. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to talk about it. I, I wanted a chance to kind of point things out because – I, I don't want to be a, a jerk like Alan says I am. <laughs> You're not a jerk. Uh, final thoughts on this issue, John? I I think we covered it pretty good. Okay. I think, I think it's all positive going forward. I agree. Okay. Well, then that is it for the Jazz Talk for the week. Let's move on to NBA News and Notes. What do you want to talk about in the note in the news and notes of the NBA, John? Looking at the lottery, um, Lakers lost again. They this may well could be the worst record of a LeBron team in the history of his career. <laughs> um, they are on course to get a pretty decent lottery pick at the trajectory they're taking. And I just think it's funny because when they, when they lost last night, they asked him about it. Uh, he started giving all the excuses. Well, I missed some time. Rondo missed some time. Ingram's out for the year. McGee had the pneumonia. <laughs> like if McGee having pneumonia is why you're losing, then you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, I just, I just think, I didn't think the experiment would work, but you still kind of thought they'd still back their way into the playoffs with the eight seed or something. This, I don't think anybody saw it coming like this. This has been pretty bad. And I even last night, um, I heard some guys talking about how there was a rumor that they were going to trade LeBron, which just seems silly, but you know, do you look at just how poorly the Lakers have managed this year, you know, this summer, okay, they're going to fire Walton. And maybe they replace him with some respected veteran coach like uh, uh, Monty Williams or somebody. And then are they still able to do a trade or get a big free agent signing? Now, a trade, I would think likely when you have big free agent signing, they got to be looking at LeBron and how this season has gone. And even with LeBron's greatness, the Lakers were still they're 11th right now. I can see them easily falling to 12th or 13th by the time the season's over. You know, our free agents going, yeah, it's the Lakers, but eh, you're kind of a mess right now. Yeah. yeah. So can, I don't know. That was my thoughts. Well, and I, the other thing I, I can't help but look at, um, 
You know, I, I like the note you put in there. L O Lakers. <laughs> Cause yeah. they are, they are L O L. Um, but something I thought of while you were talking about all this, it's the wake of the Phil Jackson era. Look at what happened to Chicago when he left. Right. How long did yeah. it take Chicago to get back into playoff contention after Phil Jackson left? It was in 98 that he left. They, and, yeah. and that's when Michael retired. When did they get, when did the bulls get back to playoff contention? I got to believe it wasn't until uh, 2007 ish, eight ish, but I don't even remember for sure. It was when, when it was one of those first couple of years, Joe, uh Noah was in the league, but when was that? That had to have been, it had to have been around six, seven, eight, wasn't it? And Derek Rose. Yeah. Yeah. So it took him almost 10 years. So then Phil Jackson takes over at the Lakers, right? And they go through their stretches and you look at what happened in 2008. They won a championship and then, and then Jackson retires. Where have they been since then? It's taken them. I mean, I'm calling it the wake of, of yeah, the wake of Phil Jackson. Is there something to be said of that? Maybe. Or am I just grasping at funny little straws? I just think it's crazy. Well, here's the thing. When LeBron leaves a team, he leaves it in shambles. When Phil Jackson leaves a team, he leaves it in shambles. Right. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, there haven't been, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else comparable to those two. And I can't really think of one. Like when a dynasty ended and people just moved on. Like the Celtics, they got their one championship team with Garnett. And then they were hanging in there for like three years. And then Ainge just suddenly traded the whole team and they weren't that bad for that long. It was like two or three years. The problem, the problem with LeBron and then with Phil is when they left, they didn't have a lot of future assets stockpiled. Um, most of the time they had traded a lot of them away to try to win now. Right. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it just, it's crazy. And I don't know if there's, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it just, it's crazy. And I don't know if there's, I hate to tell Lakers fans this. Am I laughing when I do so? Maybe, but I'm not sure there is an end in sight for them anytime soon. I mean, they could be one or yeah. two trade pieces, free agent signings away, but I don't know that they're that close right now. Yep. So. Um, what else on the NBA docket? Uh, let's just go ahead and look at the East. The Indiana Pacers who lost Oladipo. I feel like it's been a month now are still third in the East. And I wonder if a lot of that is just contributed to how inconsistent the Sixers and Celtics have played. They're still Uh, winning games though. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought the Pacers would fall off. They are playing well, not as well. Like, for instance, they're five and five of their last ten, but yeah, they're but still th- hanging on to third because Sixers and Celtics aren't making the jump. Did you see their most recent win though? They beat the Thunder. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an impressive win for a third place team that, like you said, or yeah, is is hanging in there without their best player. That's impressive. Yeah. 
How do you see that play out? Uh, well, I do think the Sixers are going to jump them when all said and done. And so I think you're going to have a Pacers Celtics four or five seed matchup, which should be fascinating because just because how well the Pacers have been playing and all of the lack of chemistry stuff that we're hearing out of Celtics, who knows? Maybe they could still get a first round win because Miles um, Turner's been finally playing up to his potential. Uh, Sabonis has been great off the bench for them. In fact, I just pulled off the box score and he had 26 points last night. Wow. Um, they are, they are a well-rounded team. They're well coached uh, too. Was a good pickup. Yeah. Uh, and their coach. Yeah. Uh, they, they, he might get coach of the year the way they've been going. That's so, McMillan, right? Yeah. It's interesting so, to me because he had a good stretch run earlier, you know, t- what over a decade ago and then disappeared for a bit. And now he's back and he's having a strong run right now and he's doing a pretty good job with them. Well, where yeah. he, he was successful in Portland, right? Isn't that where McMillan was? He was, he back? was. Yeah. And, and he then, was there for a long time. It, it, they, they were all, his, I would say his run in Portland was just kind of static, which is why it ended. He was always like a first or second round exit. And he was that for six or seven years. And then he just kind of quit. And so now he's getting a chance again in Indiana. And he's shown that, I mean, you know, I give him a lot of credit for Oladipo making the jump he made when he went over there. And now that he's down and they plug in West Matthews and yet they're still having this kind of success. Right. That speaks volumes to his coaching abilities. Uh, it just means Oladipo is not that good. I they should definitely trade him. <laughs> I want to, I want to ask, but wasn't McMillan in Portland when they pulled West Matthews away from the jazz? Well, uh, probably that was when they outbid and and paid on the on the on the front well, side of that deal and the Jazz couldn't match or didn't match, chose not to match, and they pulled Wes Matthews O'Connor away. O'Connor was cocky. He's like, Yeah, go see what you can get. And they gave him the full mid level exception. And, and I don't was, know why they didn't think anyone would give that to him. If I remember correctly, it was heavily front loaded too. But I, I think yeah. that was the same time that Mil- McMillan was there in Portland, if I remember yeah, correctly. He was because he was with the the Sonics from 2000 to 2005 is their yep. head coach. Yep. And then, he didn't have a bad run with them, I don't think. Then to, then to Portland uh, from 2005 to 2012. And then he jumped over to Indiana as an assistant coach from 13 to 16 and then assumed the, the head coaching spot. Yep. Yep. John, I think, you're, I think you're spot on there. He's a definite candidate for coach of the year, if not winner. So... So you think you think they end up four or five matchup with Boston, which, like you said, is probably the most intriguing matchup to me, especially with the way Boston's been as well. Um, can I can I just hint in here? Grass is always greener on the other side. Gordon Hayward, you could be here anyway. Um, <laughs> I we're, could, we're, I, in, we're in the I, sixth spot. I, I couldn't help it. Yeah, we're yeah. In the sixth spot in, in the, the West. In Let's... the sixth spot in the West, and 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 they're and they're in the uh, situation in the in the East and. And fans have been calling for his head from what I'm hearing at times. They're booing him in the games and stuff too. So could be could be back here and we might be a little higher in the West if he and Donovan were running the floor. Just saying. It's okay. It's anyway. Okay. Well yeah. let it go. Yeah, I'm let letting it go. go. I'm letting it go. <laughs> John, that's the East. Um did you finish out the East? Yeah, six through eight doesn't really matter in the East. Oh come on, hit us with it. <laughs> hit us with it. Okay. Uh well, we'll give them credit. The seventh seed has a winning record, so good for them. Brooklyn, good job, good job. Brooklyn is sixth. Detroit is seventh. Okay. 
and they're at 34 and 33. Miami Heat is at 32 and 35, which is a 478 win percentage, which in the West would be the 10th seed. Is what it is. Yep. The the interesting team, I think, to watch there, and, and you can say it doesn't matter, but the Pistons are on the rise. Over their last 10, they're 7-3, and three, which is the same as what the Bucks have been. Um, and that is sec- – they're tied for the best last 10 games in the East. And they're only mm-hmm. a half game behind the Nets. So they, they could run up to six, and then does that make an intriguing matchup for you? It would be Pistons versus who? Yeah. Pistons versus, like, the Sixers? If the Sixers jump the Pacers as expected? Yeah, but I expect the Sixers to probably sweep that series. I don't know. You get Drummond against Embiid. That could, could be, be fun. kind of yeah. It could be. You, you get yeah, blood. and you never know with their chemistry issues in the Sixers. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're the Jimmy Butler trade hasn't drastically changed how they were already doing. What about Tobias? I don't know if, if Harris has really changed him much, has he? Uh, that is a better question. Let's see. They're six and four over their last 10. I don't know what they've done since acquiring him, but it, it had to be about that long ago, didn't it? Uh, yeah, was it, wasn't it a trade deadline trade? Yes, so it, it was it a trade deadline. It would be right before the All-Star break. So let's go to game schedule. Whoops. Game schedule. And you know he didn't play that first game that he was with them, so you can you can pretty much look past the trade deadline to the first game two or three games later probably. Two or three days later, I think. Okay. Uh, looks like they are six and four since the Tobias trade. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were you games. were on you were on that one, yeah. So that's yep. that's pretty good for them, and and he's he's had some good games for them too. I just looked at the last ten for the East compared to the West. Do you guys even mm-hmm. want to know? <laughs> Rockets nine and one. Blazers, Jazz, Spurs, and Clippers, all seven and three. Yeah, we, we, we have some good teams in the West for some reason. You, you think? <laughs> the biggest shocker there is that the Warriors are five and five. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, John, I know we touched on the West earlier, so maybe we don't need to hit that because we talked heavily about the six, seven, eight area as well as the, th- the three through six. Uh, I think we're good there, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it for NBA news and notes. I can't think of anything else. So let's move on for a little Devin's quick hits. Um, we'll stick with basketball. Andre Ingram back um, with the Lakers. How much do you like the story of a guy going so long in the development leagues? Came in last year, had his moment of glory, and then gets called back. And now he's getting to play with LeBron James. Does it get any better than that? I mean, aside I from having so. a full contract with millions of dollars. You know, I actually listened to him. He was a guest on a podcast a few weeks ago, and I can't remember if it was Chris Mannix or Woj or whoever it was, but it was just interviewing this this guy who's been in the G League for, you know, eight, nine years or however long he's been playing, just kind of toiling away and talking about it. And it was, it's really cool to hear his story. And it's, you know, it's it's an inspirational story. It's it's a story of a guy who's just still following his dreams. He's in his thirties now. He doesn't think he's ever really going to have an NBA career, but his wife was very supportive, and now he gets this opportunity. And I'm just I'm just happy to see a guy like that work that long for a dream and get that opportunity. 
Yeah, Absolutely. It, it's just got to be amazing, you know, to have that moment last year where he was the guy and then to have another chance this year where now he's playing with arguably the greatest player of all time. I mean, that's just got to be a surreal experience for the him. On, the only thing that makes that better yeah. is the Sunday out of gains moment. Game winner. Alan, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like this guy's story a little bit better, I'm to be honest. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, another basketball quick hit. Zion says thanks, but no thanks to people saying he should uh, shut it down and just wait for the draft. Comes back, and he goes for 29 points, 14 rebounds, five steals, one block, and 100% 13 of 13 from the field. Whoa. Um, what does this do for Duke coming into March Madness? Does Zion make them the best team or, or arguably the best team? Because they were already up there with or without him, I'd say. Yes. In fact, I would have said they would have beat North Carolina last weekend if they'd had him. Yeah, I would say arguably the best. I mean, last week they lost to North Carolina, who nearly shot themselves out of that game. They couldn't hit a three to save their lives in the second half. They had Zion in that game. We wouldn't even talk about this. I think Duke would have won that game. Okay. So selection Sunday, I believe, is this Sunday. Um, how much have you guys been following college basketball? Are you prepared to do a bracket? No. John? No. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're I all in the same spot. Zero college basketball. <laughs> I've followed Zion highlights. That's about it. And I watch a game on a Saturday occasionally when it comes up because my son has taken a vested interest in basketball. So we'll watch a game if it's on, but that's about as much as I watch. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up an online bracket again, let people join. <laughs> and uh, if someone wins, we'll give them a big old shout out on the podcast as being way smarter than us at college basketball. Sounds because good. I Fair don't enough. Know, I don't know anything about Fair it. Fair enough. Um, I let's think talk. Last year, I had a number one seed go to the final four and they got eliminated by the 16 seed. I'm picking BYU to go all the way. All right. There's a spirit. <laughs> anyone who George enters Mason University. <laughs> anyone who enters will automatically beat Allen. <laughs> yeah, because BYU's <laughs> not even going to the tournament after a thirty point shellacking to San Diego. So it's okay. All right. Let's, so you uh, know more college basketball than I do this yeah, year. See? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> um, let's talk about NFL because things are heating up. You've had some uh some trade activity. Last week, I reported prematurely that Antonio Brown was going to the Bills. He is not. He Way is to go. in Oakland. Way to go, Mr. Premature. Yeah, I, I got excited. <laughs> I just really got excited for a minute there and fired it yep. off a little early. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you guys think? Is that a good fit for him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does that make Oakland... Uh, Competitive with the Chiefs for that division? Hard to say. Um, the, uh, let's just say that even though he's only been on the job a year, this is the year that Gruden really needs to prove himself because he came in, gave away most of their players, team did terrible. Now he has the team that he wants. Now it's now it's kind of shaping together, and now he has a team that he really has his hands all over. So. Now it's time to show that he still has it or not. But he gave up their best defensive player. How do you do I that? Know. Why do you I do know. that? I don't know. 
I don't know. So you can tank to draft another defensive player. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a lot and, of those moves did not make sense to me. And look at how badly that move killed them too. Their defense just took a nosedive and they just weren't that good. Well, That's they, why I'm yep. not sure I'm on board to think that, that they're that much better this year yet. I, it, the verdict's out on that. I don't know. They, they not only did that, but they traded away Amari Cooper. And yeah. I think Cooper and Antonio Brown would have been deadly. You know, right. Who do you guard? Where, where is your safety? All right, let's uh, let's talk about the other big trade that happened. Um, OBJ gets traded from the Giants over to the Browns. Are you a Browns believer? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm on board. Okay. What, what did they finish last year? Was it like seven, eight, and one, or or something pretty darn decent for the Browns? And they could have won three games, and it would have been decent for the Browns. Let's and, be honest. Well, and they've they, got they a, fired their coach after they won three games, so you know it was a pretty good season. And they've got a heck They're of a sixteen years before. They've got a heck of a young up and coming quarterback. I think that's a good marriage right there of yeah, OBG well, and that quarterback. We'll see. We're yeah, I know you're down on him, but I know. Are back. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just scared of that because me and uh, <laughs> me and Brian have a little bet going on. Oh. Um, and I'm, I'm not feeling as confident as I was when the draft happened. So, uh, huh. um, Le'Veon Bell goes and gets that Joe Ingles money. Five years, 52. Was it? Uh, I think it was four years or four, four years. years, 52. I saw someone 52. tweet out a screenshot of that in the Joe Ingles tweet side yeah. by side. Yeah. Same thing. Um, to the jets. Does this seem like it was worth him sitting out the year? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, I, well, he gave up a paycheck last year to do it. I mean, he get, overall, I would say no, but okay. He has money now. Yeah. He so gets, he gets money, but I don't know that he's in a situation that's going anywhere. I don't yeah, know how he, good the jets are with with him, but he gets out of Pittsburgh. He clearly was not happy there. Right. He clearly had objections about the, the franchise tag situation, which does need to be changed in the NFL. Yes. So I, I don't know, maybe on principle, I think it's worth it for him. And if he's happy with the money and he's happy with the environment, then good on him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just, I want to run through some of these names real quick based on team. I found this list on NFL.com. That's the signings and trades for what's happening. So I just want to kind of give you a perspective of some guys who are moving that maybe you weren't aware of. Uh, Arizona Cardinals pick up Marcus Gilbert. Jordan Hicks, Brett Hundley um, agrees to a one-year deal with them, which will be interesting in that quarterback battle. Yes. Terrell Suggs on a one-year deal. Uh, J.R. Sweezy and Kevin White. Falcons get Ken John Barner, Jamon Brown, James Carpenter, Grady Jarrett. Ravens get Nick Boyle, Mark Ingram, which was the interesting signing there. And, John, you'll be interested in this, Earl Thomas agrees to four years, $55 million. So he's now with the Ravens. Yep. Bills pick up Cole Beasley, John Brown, Frank Gore. There's yes. one for you. Uh, Kevin Johnson. Wait, who picked up Frank Gore again? Sorry, say that the again. The Bills. The Bills. This is the Bills. Bills. Interesting. Interesting. Tyler Croft, Mitch Morse, Ty, I'm not even going to say that last name, who's an offensive tackle. Um, Jordan Phillips and Andre Roberts. Panthers pick up Matt Paratus and Daryl Williams. Chicago Bears pick up, and I thought this was interesting, HaHa Clinton Dix on a one-year deal. Okay. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Davis, Corderell Patterson, and Buster Scrine. Bengals get Preston Brown, Bobby Hart, CJ Uzuma, and B.W. Webb. 
Browns get Odell, Sheldon Richardson, and Greg Robinson. Cowboys, Tavon Austin, Cameron Fleming, Demarcus Lawrence, and Jason Witten comes out of retirement for a one-year deal. That's That was a surprise to me this week when I saw that. Uh, Broncos get Joe Flacco, Kareem Jackson, and Jawan James. Uh, Lions get Danny Amendola, Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers, Jesse James. Packers get Adrian Amos. Uh, I hope I'm saying this. Mercedes Lewis, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Billy Turner. Clowney is placed on a franchise tag for the Texans. They also get Brian Bodie Calhoun, Deshaun Gibson, and Brady Roby. Colts get Pierre Desir. Devin Funches makes the move from Carolina. And Marcus Hunt. Jaguars get AJ Can and Nick Foles. Do you guys like the Nick Foles deal? Did we talk about that? I think we talked a little bit about that. I think it's good for him. Four years, eighty-eight million. Yeah, it's good for him. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it good for the Jaguars? I, I don't know. I, ah, uh, I. W- it's it's hard to say because Nick Foles he looked like such a stud in the Super Bowl, and then the times he played last year he looked like any old hapless third string quarterback. So. Right. Who knows? I, I maybe maybe when he's confidently in the starting job all year, having that offseason as the starter all year on a pretty, you know, Jaguars for me was like the biggest disappointment of last year. I thought they would be better than they wound up being one of the worst teams. So I think I think overall this is a positive okay. for the Jaguars. You're not a Bortles believer then? Nope. Okay. Sorry, Jason Mendoza. I am not a Bortles believer. <laughs> that's that's my favorite part of this whole thing. Um, okay, <laughs> Chiefs add Carlos Hyde on a one-year deal. Also add Alex Okafor, okay, Damian that, Wilson. I like that for Hyde. That's a good. That's that's a good move for Hyde. They also add uh, Tyron Matthew, a safety for three years, forty-two million, going after that ring. He said. Chargers get Thomas Davis, Brandon Mabain, Denzel Perryman. And Tyrod Taylor, um, I, is is Tyrod Taylor your contender to follow up Philip Rivers? I, I guess. I guess it's nice to have a good backup, right? Yeah, I've I've never been that impressed with him. So, okay, well we'll see. Good for him. <laughs> Rams add yeah. Dante Fowler Jr. and Eric Weddle does a two year. Wow. So. Uh, the, I'm noticing the teams that are at the top are getting a little bit stronger with some of these guys they're yeah, adding. Well, yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. the, like like you said, the Chiefs and Carlos Hyde, I, that's only a one-year deal, which surprises me. But if he works out, that's a good marriage for, for the Chiefs. That's, and the Rams, their defense is already held. good. Yeah. I mean, they, they have the record for holding the opposing team to the lowest amount of points and still losing. And so they add Weddle. So. Right. Maybe they just blank him out next year in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Miami Dolphins add Dwayne Allen and more Utes news. They add Eric Rowe, cornerback on a one-year deal. Vikings mm. add Anthony Barr and Shamar Stephen. Stephen? Patriots add Michael Bennett, Terrence Brooks, Philip Dorsett, Bruce Ellington, and Jason McCourtney. Saints wow. add Teddy Bridgewater. Malcolm Brown, Will Lutz, and Latavius Murray. I, would you argue both those teams added some strength to an already very good team in those situations too? I think they both did. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think Latavius Murray's a a good pickup. It's a, a four year deal for fourteen million. I mean, I'm just I'm just going back to to John's comments. You mentioned the Patriots and their pickups. I mean. Bennett and a couple other guys, I think they maybe didn't vastly improve, but got stronger. I mean, you're talking about the teams, like you said, John, at the top are all getting stronger. Yeah. Let's, let's hurry and hit the rest of these giants. Uh, Adbathia, Marcus Golden, Jabril Peppers, and Golden Tate. I like that Tate signing for them. Yes. Jets add Henry Except Anderson. For getting rid of Beckham. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's <laughs> Tate is no Beckham. I know. I know. But, but no, and to your point, it still does make up a little. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, I'm kind of kidding. I mean, it's a cushion. It's great that they're getting Tate, but it would have been better really to have both. Beckham. It would have been yeah. much better to yes. have yes. both. Yes. Jets yeah. add Henry Anderson, Le'Veon Bell, Josh Bellamy, Chandler Catanzaro, Jamison Crowder. CJ Mosley and Kaliki Osamelli. I probably did not say that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it probably doesn't sound like smelly, does it? I don't know how you say these names. I'm not a football guy. Raiders. This is starting to turn into a Key and Peel skit. So, <laughs> Raiders, Antonio Brown, Trent Brown, uh, Lamarcus Joyner, and Tyrell Williams. Eagles get Brandon Graham. Deshaun Jackson makes his return, and Malik Jackson. Steelers add Ramon Foster, Dan McCullers, Dante Moncrief, Steven Nelson, Uh and Eli Rogers. Uh, Here's the interest to you guys. San Francisco adds a whole mess of players with Quan Alexander, Tevin Coleman, D Ford, Robbie Gould, Jordan Matthews, Mike Person, Jason Verrett, and Jimmy Ward. Seahawks add Frank Clark, DJ Fluker, Mike, Iopati, Mike Iopati. Oh, I love Iopati. I said it right. Yes, you did say it right. He's I, as soon as Potty came out of my mouth, I thought that can't a, be Potty. He's a former 49er and he's also a former Idaho um, Vandal. Idaho is it Vandals? Is that what the Idaho yeah, team I think is? So. I think yeah, so. good, yeah. good pickup. I think for Seattle, if if he still can play at a high level, that's a good pickup. It's, it's for them. a one year deal. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kendricks is sticking around. Jason Myers and KJ Wright rounds out your Seattle news. Bucks get Dion Buchanan, Ryan Griffin, Brashad Perriman, Donovan Smith. Titans add Adam Humphreys, Kevin Pamphile, uh, Roger Saffold, Kenny Vaccaro, and Cameron Wake. And Washington adds Landon Collins, Adrian Peterson, and Case Keenum. That's interesting. Uh, Redskins, do you have any interest in that? Case Keenum, Andre, or Adrian Peterson? We've dealt with the Keenum thing before, but Peterson could be something. He's still He signs for another two years there. Because remember, yeah. he, he came over in a trade or something last season, I think. Yeah. So Interesting kind of moves. Your, interesting signings on some part, on, on many parts. A lot of moves. Do you, do you find NFL free agency and trades as interesting as you do NBA. I know we're primarily an NBA podcast, but that much movement is nuts to me. Yeah, it is. I still find NBA more interesting just because there are fewer players per team. So NFL teams can move a ton of guys, but they have, you know, plus I will, I, I do they have like a hundred guys on their team. Yeah. There's, it's crazy, (laughs) but I'll also go one step further there. John is I think the impact, the impact of the moves in the NBA is greater than it is in the NFL. 
guys can change a landscape. A single guy can change the landscape of an, an NBA team a lot that's, quicker than that true. in the NFL. Wouldn't you agree? No, look at LeBron. LeBron went to the Lakers and nothing changed. Right. See? But he's the exception, is he not? I'm joking because it's yeah. always been. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you agree with me, John, though? I, I feel like the landscape um, changes vastly more so in the NBA than it does the NFL when those moves happen. Yeah. When you look at, say, when Houston acquired James Harden, that was a seismic shift. Um, the the Raptors just not quite getting past. Now they have Kawhi Leonard. Now they can really show something. I mean, there, there's been several examples of those. Yeah. Durant, freaking Durant joining the best team in NBA history really right. changed things. Right. So, yeah, no. Is that is that it for it. the uh, quick hits? That's it. All right. Moving on to pop culture. John, you had a question mark again. There's not a lot to talk about this week. Um, no, I, the movie I saw this week, I saw at the Dollar Theater. I saw Escape Room. Oh, how was it? It's fine. It's a PG-13 version of Saw, basically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds exciting. And was it worth the Dollar Theater price? Yes, it was. Okay. They're going to make a sequel. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch anything either. I don't think I, I watched the a first single Saw movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I never saw the first Saw movie. Didn't have a desire to. I'm not... I, I don't get into that stuff much, so... Um, I wanted to bring up something, though, not movie-wise. Well, I guess sort of movie. Uh, and uh, Avengers Endgame trailer released yesterday. I think it's the final trailer leading up to the film. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Did you see some of the backlash on Twitter over the trailer? Yes. The backlash was silly. There was yeah. backlash? Yeah. Somebody made a big hullabaloo. Backlash on Twitter? That about, never happened. I know, right? Somebody made a big hullabaloo about Hawkeye's hair. Hair. We're making a big deal about hair in a trailer. Well, what was the objection? That he has it or? No, no, no. Let me see if I can find you the picture. Oh, I, I don't care. It's hair. I know, but what? everybody made a big to-do about it. And I thought, are you kidding Not me, since people? Since Carrie Russell cut off her hair for season two of Felicity. Yeah, right? has so many people freaked out over a haircut. You know, here's the thing. Superheroes are people too. And I think they should be allowed to wear their hair in whatever style they choose. Okay, I'm looking, I honestly I'm looking. did not even notice. Well, I didn't either. And it wasn't until they posted the picture and then I went back and looked. He's got a mohawk. Yeah. And it's a big Good. deal. Okay, was it – I'm, I'm new to this whole thing. Was it a big deal when Thor cut his hair? Like did people make a big stink about that? I think so. Uh, At the time, yeah, a little bit. Not like this, though. I don't though. remember outrage. Just kind of like, huh, he cut his hair. And then in the movie it makes sense. Yeah. It, but yeah, just, I, I think this I think this has been louder. That's the, weird to me. The, the well, and the other yeah. thing that came out along with this is Marvel released a poster, which I have been told they since changed, pulled back and changed. But the poster featured featured uh, pictures of a bunch of the cast, had names at the top, and was minus a name. And there was an uproar about it. Marvel pulled it back, changed it, put the name there, fixed it, and resent it. It was missing. Denai Guerrera, is that how you say your name? Oh yeah, I don't know how to say your name, but I know who you mean. From Black Panther and Infinity War, yep. yeah, she was she was featured on the front, but her name wasn't at the top, and some uproar about uh, it happened. And so Marvel said, "Our bad." They pulled the poster back, they added her name to it, and re-released it. Okay, 
So interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited about Avengers, very much excited about Avengers. There was a lot of conversation about a trailer. Hard thing is it's a trailer. You can't have a conversation about it because it's a trailer. It's probably not even 5% of the movie as far as what you see oh, in that trailer. Even. It was the trailer I thought was very effective in that it showed who's still alive. Yes. But most of it was characters walking slowly while they think about all the horror they've been through. Right. And the other There's thing, not it, a whole lot of action. You don't even see Thanos. No, the so. other thing, the other thing you saw, hold on, Dev. The other thing you saw is that they brought in <laughs> Captain America and somebody suggested that it looks like Captain America is losing his power. And that, and, and, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, I mean, this situation with Thanos brought that on. So it's not surprising. So a lot of people are like, is this the end of Captain America and Iron Man in any of the Marvel films going forward? If we look at it from a contract standpoint, it's likely because neither Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans have signed on for anything beyond this movie. Mm-hmm. Devin, go ahead. I, I lost it. No, you didn't. I really did. <laughs> I, I, it was something. It was a playoff of what John said, and you cut me off and took it away. And I now, didn't cut you, you off. You, you were like, Devin, hold. And hold on, because I had a thought that I couldn't just. See? It's fine. It's fine. Ah. it's fine. I'm new to this area. My opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Did you see? Did you guys see uh, Mark Ruffalo's uh, appearance on Jimmy Fallon the other night? Nope. He was on Jimmy Fallon, and they were talking about upcoming movie. And Jimmy Fallon hooked him up to a lie detector test and asked him <laughs> questions to tell him about things, and they were going to see if they were spoilers or not. And at the very end, he's like, "You know what? I'm just done with it." He snapped his finger, and by the use of special effects, he dissipated much like the. Uh, the characters did in Infinity War and disappeared off the show. Oh, that's cool. It was. It was pretty funny. It was it was it was cool. So that's it. That's it I have for 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 this this week. Devin, you said you haven't watched much. Have you caught up on your seasons you've been watching on Netflix? Uh I think I finished season two of Shits Creek. And uh mm. season two or season three. It's it's good. It's not great. Family you know, show. I, I what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I said the name. Family show. <laughs> it is. It is a family show. It's hilarious. I know. I'm kidding. Um, and then watched a little bit of The Office. I'm I'm going to pick up a short series or a movie this this week and kind of throw something else in the mix. So we'll see what I decide. Because Netflix has a lot of those like one season shows that you can just binge in a week easily. Yes. I'll, I'll do one yeah, of those or something. True. Yes, they do. Something to talk about so we don't keep having question mark weeks. Well, I was trying to think you said something about movie earlier before we did the show, but I think it was because something was on TV last night when you fell asleep and you don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, I fell asleep with the TV <laughs> on and there was some weird movie on and I went, nope, and went back to bed. I yep. should have seen Captain Marvel by next week. We can talk about that. I believe I will as well. Devin, why don't you go see Captain Marvel? You want to come watch it? Watch Captain Marvel with us? Who's us? Uh, I'm I'm going probably Monday, taking the family. You can come yeah, join us. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I'm just saying. I've heard the soundtrack's great. So. Wow. Pulling something out I didn't expect from you there. I haven't heard the soundtrack. I didn't realize that. Is it? I, I've, I've, I've heard the, the listening. It's, it depends on your style of music. But, yeah, a lot of people will really enjoy it, I think. Okay. So, yeah, next week, Captain Marvel. Um, anything else on pop culture? Devin's shaking his head at me. We, we can only say we didn't watch anything so many times, Alan. Let's wrap it up. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Jedi and Germs. We appreciate you being along each and every week. Thank you so much for your continued support, and we appreciate it. Leave us a review uh, anywhere you listen, especially on iTunes. Um, join our discussion. Jedi and Germs reached over 1,000 followers on Twitter this week. Yay! Um, John, I you know, just wanted to put that out there. John tweeted that out, and he, he got 1,000 followers, so congrats. Yep. Um, and uh, that's, uh, that's a wrap. We'll talk to you soon. John, take us out. Bye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.